fear, so there's been a lot of talk about fear, hasn't there? There's been a lot of talk about fear. Many of us have experienced greater amounts of fear maybe in 2020 than we experienced in any year prior to that. Many of us have maybe discovered fears we didn't even know we had before. Fears. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Many people experience different types of fear. Some fear insects. Some fear animals. Some even fear people. Some fear situations or circumstances. Things that are out of their control, right? Some fear situations where they are asked to speak in front of people, like right now. That was one of my fears. I, I, I've, I've kind of conquered that fear, I think, but growing up, that was one of my fears, was speaking in front of people. And then God calls me to be a pastor. What are you afraid of? What are we afraid of as people? Some of you might have had a fear of Buddy Barrel as he was coming down the aisle. I don't know. A big yellow barrel that smiles. I mean, a big smile all the time. That could be a little frightening, couldn't it? Somehow, some, sometimes, however, we don't always fear when we should. You see, fear isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes fear can actually keep us safe, can't it? Sometimes it can keep us safe, but other times it can keep us frozen. So fear, in and of, in and of itself, is not necessarily a bad thing. Fear can actually play a vital part, a positive part in our lives, helping us to survive. I want you to see this definition of fear. This is just a definition of fear. Fear can be experienced as an unpleasant, sometimes even extremely strong emotion, which can come about because of something that is anticipated or when we are made aware of a particular danger. Fear can also be a profound reverence and awe towards God. Now, those kind of seem contradictory, don't they? Fearing danger, but then also fearing God or having a, an awe or a reverence for God. So let's look at this. Let's look at fear. Fear is an emotion. It can occur because something has happened to us in the past. It can happen because something is happening to us in the present, in the moment. Or fear could even be about something that could possibly, maybe, might, you know, I'm not really sure. But it's a possibility of something that might happen in the future. Fear, for the most part, is something that is learned. It's something that we think about which allows us to then rationalize that fear, believing that it is appropriate. Fear is closely related to another emotion called anxiety. We can become anxious when we believe that something is unavoidable or something is uncontrollable by us or maybe by those who are around us. As I mentioned a little earlier, sometimes fear is appropriate. Sometimes it is helpful to us because it can help us to survive truly dangerous situations. For example, if you see a teenager in a speeding vehicle coming towards you, yes, you're supposed to laugh. You see a teenager in a speeding vehicle coming towards you. What should you do? Get off the sidewalks, yes. 
Run. Run. If you see a group of people with a bunch of guns coming towards you, it might be a good idea to run, right? <laughs> These are, what was that? Get your guns. <laughs> Maybe you want to get your guns too. I don't know. But these would, be, these would be considered logical situations that would require action on our part. Logical fears, even. Again, most of our fears are learned somewhere, somehow, something happened to us that led to us having this feeling of fear. Whether, again, it was things, animals, people. Now, again, sometimes these are irrational fears. Other times they are rational and protective. If people didn't feel fear, they wouldn't protect themselves from legitimate threats, would they? Fear is, again, a vital response to physical and or emotional danger that has been helpful throughout our time. You know, when people were settling the West or when they were going out and, and settling new territories, there was some fear and trepidation, I would say, in that exploration because they didn't know what they were going to, to experience, what they were going to meet. Now today, the stakes might be a little bit lower. We don't necessarily go out and, and conquer new territories today, but we sometimes have fears of elevators, <laughs> fears of speaking again, fears of spiders or things like that, right? They, they may not be as difficult or as hard or as maybe scary as some of these other things, but they're still real to many people. And because of it, we develop these fight, flight, or freeze responses to these specific objects or situations. Now, many people experience occasional bouts of fear or nerves before a flight, you know, flying an airplane, uh, before maybe a first date, maybe a big game. But when someone's fear is persistent, when it is specific to certain threats, it can impair their everyday lives. It can prevent them from doing what they need to do on a daily basis even. Sometimes these are called phobias. We would call them also irrational fears. Fear can also be associated with anger, can't it? Sometimes we, our view of anger can be contrary to God's view of anger, too. If we had a mother or especially maybe a father who displayed inappropriate anger, that could cause us to have fear when somebody else expresses anger towards us or around us even. But that, it doesn't just affect our, our relationship with people. This can also affect our relationship with God, can't it? If I have this irrational fear or if I have this fear of anger and somebody starts being angry towards me, especially, again, if it's a father, sometimes I can project that fear onto God because I don't understand him. I don't understand what's going on, maybe. We talk about the fear of the Lord, right? If you know your Bible, if you've read your Bible, you've heard the phrase, the fear of the Lord. And sometimes we can have an irrational fear of God. This is because we maybe have had anger again directed towards us in an inappropriate way. And we become fearful 
of an individual, and then we can project again that inappropriate fear to God. Hopefully, however, we understand that not all anger is bad. And neither is it bad for us to always fear, again, especially when we're talking about God. So I'm going to talk a little bit about fearing God today, but also fearing other things. So what does it talk, what does the Bible say about fearing God? I'm going to go through a few scriptures here pretty quick. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, it says this. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. In Job chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil, and he has maintained his integrity, even though you urged me to turn him, to hurt, harm him without cause. In Psalm 111, verse 10, it says this, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. And then lastly, in Psalm 128, verses 1 and 2, How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor, how joyful and prosperous you will be. So hopefully you're seeing in these verses that it is a very good thing to fear God. That it is something that we should actually strive to do. It is something that we should do because of God's love for us and because of our love for Him. So what does this kind of fear look like? Because we've talked about fears that are kind of scary, but is that what we're talking about here when we're talking about fearing God? So just a very short definition of the fear of the Lord would be a religious expression that conveys either devotional piety or even the dread of punishment. So it could be one or the other. It may depend on who we are. It may depend on what we're thinking in the moment. Because sometimes we can fear God's displeasure with us, can't we? We can fear because we have sinned. We can fear God's displeasure over us. Or because of other types of failures that we have experienced in our lives. If we have failed at something, we can fear that God will, will hold us accountable for that or that he'll be angry with us. And if we have a distorted view of anger, particularly God's anger, it can skew how we understand or view his love towards us or other emotions that he has for us. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, Verse 24, it says this. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. The Lord our God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. When Moses said this, it was just before they were going to enter the promised land. In the previous verse, Moses reminded them that they should not forget the covenant that they had made with God, which included not having anything that would take God's place in their lives. In other words, idols. That they should not have anything that comes between them and God. Why? Because of what Moses said in verse 24, that God is a jealous God. It's a good kind of jealousy because he loves us so much. And because he is a consuming fire. When you think of fire, what do you think of? Something that purifies something that cleanses, 
God wants to purify us. God wants to cleanse us. He wants us to be holy like he is holy. And so because of his love for us, that's what he desires for us. So what does this mean? It means that God loves them, loved them, loves us, loves you and me so much that he doesn't want anything to come between his relationship with them or with us. And if something does, he will do something about it. He will make it known what he wants to be removed. He will do whatever is necessary to remove it. His burning passion, his burning desire for us should not be taken lightly. He loves us so much, and his consuming fire is evidence of that love for us. His correction at times is evidence of his love for us. Sometimes the understanding that God will correct us can even bring a wrong kind of fear, can't it? But we have to understand that God's love corrects us because he wants us to be like him. And we shouldn't fear that. We should not fear being like Jesus. According to one author, we need to distinguish between a healthy, godly authority versus a fear-based control and domination in our lives. Abraham Heschel, in his book, God in Search of Man, explains that in that phrase, the fear of God, the Hebrew word has really two meanings, fear and awe, fear and awe. Some men fear the Lord because God might punish them, might punish their body or might punish their, bo- their family or, or maybe their possessions. Other men fear the Lord because they are afraid of punishment in the life to come which is eternal punishment in hell. Job, who said, Though God slay me, yet will I trust in him, was not motivated by fear of punishment, but rather he was motivated by love, by God's love, by awe, the awe of God, by the realization of God's eternal love for him. Again, fear can be the anticipation that something might happen to us, the anticipation of evil, the anticipation of pain. But we need to contrast that with hope, God's hope. Contrast it with hope, the anticipation of good in our lives. Awe, on the other hand, is the sense of wonder, the sense of humility inspired by a magnificent awe-inspiring God, that we can feel His presence, we can feel His magnificence, we can feel His awesomeness when we are in His presence. That is not something to fear, is it? That is something that we should welcome in our lives. Awe, unlike fear, does not make us shrink from an awe-inspiring God. It should actually draw us closer to Him. This is why awe is compatible with both love and joy. And in a very real sense, awe could maybe be seen as the opposite of fear. So let me ask you this. I asked you this question before. What do you fear today? What is your view of fear today? Is fear all bad? Hopefully you understand that fear is not always bad. Sometimes fear can be healthy. It can be good in our lives if it protects us, if it helps us to survive. 
So what do we fear? Why do we fear? Do you fear being weak? Do we fear failure? I'll just be honest. Sometimes I feel failure. I fear failure. I fear that I will fail God or I will feel fear, fail my family, that I will fail God's church. But, hey, we're human. We're going to fail, aren't we? We're going to mess up. We're going to make bad choices at times. We're going to make mistakes. Sometimes we're going to sin. But it's that love of God that draws us back, isn't it? It's the love of God that causes us to come back to him and ask for that forgiveness. But here's the thing. If we fear God in the wrong way, if we fear the punishment of God, that will actually keep us from going to God when we should. It will keep us from going to him when we really should be going closer and trusting him. Not trusting God can limit our ability to allow his strength to be within us. Let me say that again. Not trusting God can actually limit our ability to allow his strength to be within us. So I ask, do you have a healthy, biblical, appropriate fear of God, the awe of God? Are you in awe of him? If you are, then you can trust him and you can view him as the awesome God that he really is. You can view him as the God who can help you with those fears, who can help you with those anxieties. And that is exactly what God wants to do. He wants to help us with our fears. He wants to help us with our anxieties. And one of the ways that he does that is through his love for us. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. If you have your bulletins, on the back of the bulletin, you may have noticed there are some, some notes that you can put in. There's some fill in the blanks. If you're watching us today online, if you would like a copy of these notes, just, just send an email to brad at afa.church. Brad at afa.church, and I will send you the notes. They're really brief. But we're going to go through this today, and I hope that you will be able to take this home with you and use it to help you in those moments when you may be feeling a little bit fearful, maybe you're feeling a little bit anxious, that it will bring you closer to God. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. I want to give you a, a, a tool today that you can use to help you focus on God, on His love, or other aspects of who He is. So you will not focus then on those fears or those anxieties that may come. If you want a term for it, it's called scriptural truth meditation. Scriptural truth meditation is just, it's just the, 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 the name of this. Um, again, on the back of your bulletin, you have those notes that you can fill in. The purpose of this is to help us, again, focus on God's character, to focus on those character traits of His that bring us hope, that bring us peace. 
perhaps they will be something that is contrary to your fear or contrary to whatever is making you or, or leading to your anxiety. So the Bible tells us different times that we are to meditate on God, right? We are to meditate on Him or on His Word. And one of those times is found in Psalm, verse 40, uh, Psalm 48, verse 9. It says this, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. That's just one time where it talks about how we should meditate or think on God or on His Word. When we meditate on different character traits of God or meditate on His Word, it enables us to slow down and quietly reflect on Him. You ever notice life gets a little hectic? Sometimes we just need to slow down. Sometimes we just need to take a moment and focus on God. So we slow down and quietly reflect on who He really is. Please understand, this, time of, this type of meditating is really not to gain some kind of deep theological understanding of Scripture, some deep mind understanding, uh, uh, mindfulness, but it's more of a heart understanding of who God is, a more of a heart knowledge of who God is for us. Again, this is something that can help you when you're feeling fearful, anxious, maybe you're feeling hurried or frustrated or, or stressed. And when you do this, if you do this, I want to encourage you to try to get rid of all distractions, right? Turn the TV off, turn the computer off, the phone off, or at least put it on vibrator or something. But get rid of the distractions around you while you're doing this so that it can be as effective as possible. So here we go. Step one. Identify what you are thinking or feeling. We need to identify what we are thinking or feeling. Am I feeling fear? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling stressed? Am I feeling hopelessness? Am I feeling maybe, do I dare say it, hate? Bitterness? Am I feeling unforgiven or maybe I'm feeling unforgiveness towards somebody else? What am I thinking? What am I feeling right now that is causing me to feel off, if you will? These are all things that can hinder us. They can hinder our relationships with other people, and they can hinder our relationship with God. So identify what it is. Step two, choose a characteristic. If you want to put trait, <laughs> you can just put trait in there. Choose a characteristic of God that is meaningful and comforting. Choose a characteristic or trait of God that is meaningful or comforting. Think of a character trait of God that might be the opposite. If you can think of something that would be the opposite of what you're thinking or what you're feeling, great. Some examples, maybe love, mercy, grace, hope, forgiveness. I mean, there's so many different character traits of God that we can think about, isn't there? that we can just focus in on God. Again, it needs to be something that is meaningful to us, something that is meaningful to you, something that is comforting to you. 
So we thought about something. Now we thought about a characteristic of God. Third step, sit comfortably. Pretty easy. Sit comfortably. Close your eyes to avoid distractions. Sit comfortably and close your eyes to avoid distractions. You can find a comfortable chair, maybe a couch. You can even lay down and do this if you desire to. In fact, this can be a great way for you to go to sleep. I mean, if you are really having a hard time sleeping, you can think about these characteristics of God. God, you are peace. God, you are mercy. Whatever it is, you can think about these things. And it can help you to sleep. It can help you just calm down. Step four. Take a deep breath. And as you let it out slowly, while saying the trait of God you have chosen. And repeat this several times. Take a deep breath. As you let it out slowly, say, God, you are peace. Or, God, you are my peace. God, you are love. Whatever that character trait is, you can just say it again. This is, we're just meditating on God. We're just thinking about him. And hopefully we're calming ourselves down and we're focusing on him and not on whatever it is that is causing us to be stressed, fearful, anxious, whatever it may be. Again, repeat this several times. There's, there, there's no set amount of time or set number of times that you should do this. Just whatever you feel comfortable with, however long it takes you to be calm. Again, these are just some examples. Again, use whatever trait of God that fits your situation. You know what? How many of you realize that sometimes we do this and or, or we're, we're thinking about something and, and something else pops into our head? Right? <laughs> Nobody else? Okay, thank you. That's normal. So if you're doing this and something else comes into your mind, maybe have a piece of paper and a pen and write it down. And then go, go back to what you were doing. Don't allow that thought that distraction, whatever, to stop you from moving forward with this. It's normal. Don't beat yourself up about it, all right? It's going to happen. Lastly, step number five, quietly reflect on God's trait, allowing him to speak to you. When you're saying this, God, again, God, you are love. God, you are peace. You can even pray before you start. Say, God, I need you to reveal something to me during this time. As I meditate on you, as I meditate on you, on who you are, I need you to speak to me. Reveal to me something that I need to know today. And then expect it. Expect him to speak to you during that time. And I believe he will. God wants to do this for us because he loves us. God wants us to be at peace. God wants us to know who he is in a deeper way because he loves us. 
He wants us to focus on Him, spend time with Him, because He loves us. And because of that love, again, He wants us, He wants you to live in peace. He wants you to live in hope and not fear and not anxiety and not in stress, etc., etc., etc. He doesn't want that for our lives. And this is just one thing, one way that you can help to reduce those things from happening in your life. This is just one thing you can do to help you in those moments, maybe when you're feeling a little fearful, maybe you're feeling a little anxious, you're feeling a little stressed. Whatever it may be that's going on in your life that is distracting you, he can help with that. He wants to help with that. And when you do this, it will take your mind off of those things and put it back where it belongs in the first place, on God. Amen. Would you stand with me today? I hope that this will be beneficial for you. I hope that you will take this and you will be able to use it. Because I know we all can feel stressed at times. We can all feel maybe a little anxious at times and even fearful at times. But that is not what God has for us. God wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be in his love. And this is, again, just one tool that you can use to help you with that. I'm going to be down here at front. If you would like prayer for something, maybe there's something going on in your life you're feeling a little anxious about, a little stressed about, and you want prayer, I'd be happy. I would love to pray with you about that. I'm going to say a closing prayer, and you can feel dismissed this morning. Father, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that it gives us. God, there's so many things going on in our lives, things that can stress us out, that can lead to, that can be fear-based or anxiety-based. But God, we need to focus on you and not on those other things. Help us, Lord, to be able to use this tool to focus on you, to focus on those characteristics of who you are that can bring peace and hope, love, forgiveness, whatever we need. May we focus on those things, Lord, instead of the negative things around us. I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen.